Phoenix Overlook Pop Culture. And we are live. Welcome to this episode of The Next Report, where we cover Unix and Overlook pop culture, and we're more of a full house this episode. We have Curtis and Shaggy in the house. Hello. Hey. There he is, and here's the other guy. Hi. Hey, everybody. Okay. Um, Last episode was kind of a serious topic, talking about... um, Something that's now being targeted towards multiple platforms, black energy, the malware that um, the authors are kind of uh, poking fun at Kaspersky and and Cisco. But um, this week, uh, we're going to be talking about something a little bit more fun, uh, especially since Curtis has had plenty of time to spend on this one, and that's uh, Grand Theft Auto V. Um, I, I was shown a trailer where there's this first-person mode, and I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yes. The first-person mode is really exciting for me because it's something I've considered that they would even try to do um, with a GTA game, and so I'm really, really wanting to see it, how it works out, how it actually plays if it does well. So what are some of the features about this game that's fascinating to you guys? For me, primarily, it's the uh, first-person shooter mode. Um, I've played a few Grand Theft Auto games in the past. One of my favorites was San Andreas. But honestly, I never thought of a concept of GTA being first-person. Because uh, a lot of the things that you're able to do in the game involve you being able to look at other specific objects, and it shows you some of the stupid things that you can do and all kinds of stuff like that. And I just never thought of it being a first-person shooter game. But it's, I guess it's, a, a, it's something that you're able to switch back and forth with. So yeah. It's really cool. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of agree because um, the game is such a beautiful game. And I've, I, haven't, I don't have it for a next-gen console, and I don't have it for PC. I have it for my PlayStation 3. But it's a beautiful game, even on the last-gen consoles. And so being able to see a lot of things in first person, though, I think will really enhance the feel of the game because it is a massive game world. I was really stoked the first time I actually dove into it and I just got, in a, got on a motorcycle and I just drove the whole ring, the whole highway, one circle. It took me maybe 20 minutes to get from one side to the other, and that was really pretty incredible to see. So, so did, did you know about the part where you can actually have sex with a hooker? Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> it's going to be interesting in first person. <laughs> it's going to be interesting in first person. It was kind of a goofy thing in third person to see. Um, I think there may be an achievement for it, I think, or something like that. So you do it once to see it and get the achievement, and then it's not something you normally go around doing. It used to be in the older games in Vice City and 3 and San Andreas that the getting in there with the hooker would restore life. It doesn't do that anymore. So that's kind of interesting. But Why did they quit doing that? that I think uh, game um, – the way that they make games changes – and I have a bit of a, I think, maybe a skewed vision on this because I kind of tend to think modern-day developers, no matter how great they do, are still lazy as compared to 
developers from a decade ago. Um, you know, so it's it's like kind of. <laughs> I, I think maybe a laziness thing. It could be that they just decided they wanted to make the game a bit more difficult. I mean, there are hookers everywhere. It is Los An- uh, fictional Los Angeles retelling, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I guess it's just, like, more realistic and things like that. Yeah. Um, definitely. I mean, there's... Grand Theft Auto is a game that um, a lot of people associate lots of different views with, right? So you've got the people that are, it's violent, it's horrific, it's gruesome, and, you know, it's corrupting the youth of the nation. You have another group that's like, it's just a game. If you're 17 or older and you're playing the game and you have a a good mind, you know, you don't have any mental problems, then you're probably fine. You're not going to have any problems with it. And there are people that get in on the whole, it's it's sexist or it's racist or this or that. (laughs) And the thing that I've always thought of with regards to Grand Theft Auto is that it is actually all of those things on purpose. (laughs) There's a reason why they referred, and GTA V in the the launch trailer from a year ago, they they referred to it as a fictional reimagining, satirical reimagining of Southern California. And... (laughs) All the the things that you see in there that people well that's racist well it's supposed to be racism is something that exists in our world good or bad you can still explore it and put it in its proper context and I really actually think the game does that quite well there's a scene in GTA Five where you have to waterboard a I think he's like a Cuban national or something and you know the whole time you're just torturing this guy and doing all this horrible stuff to him the character Trevor is telling him, you know, the, how much the government sucks and he wish he didn't have to do this. And at the end you drive him to the airport and give him all the photos and you're like, you know, go to Cuba and then tell the newspapers what happened to you so that you can kind of shed some, some dark or some bright light on the, the shady dealings of the CIA here in this. So, I mean, these things are put into certain contexts with the game. It definitely doesn't pull any punches. Wow. So, so it even takes a takes kind of a shot at some of the practices of the U.S. federal government too. Oh, absolutely. The the FBI or it's it's called the FIB as a satire, uh, Federal Investigation <laughs> Bureau. Uh, they're they're totally portrayed as 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 morons, not being able to do their jobs, always goofing things up, always trying to stab each other in the back. Um, they put them against the homeland, a, a fictional homeland security type deal. There's a private military company that gets in it at some point. And so the story can kind of intermingle itself and really cause some really beautiful chaos. <laughs> it's kind of systematic of things that actually happen in our world. I um, think that might be the first game I get for my PS4. Um, I remember watching uh, watching another trailer for it. It came out just, I don't know, it was recent. Um, uh, a comparison of the graphics for, from the for the uh, PS3 versus the PS4, and it looks beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> and if if that's combined with a massive game world like what you're saying, yeah. I know when I played San Andreas, I've also got four. I haven't played it nearly as much as I played San Andreas, but four was pretty large. You had three basic areas, and it's almost like it's, it's GTA Five just in the same place. Because it's supposed to be in Los Santos, which is an area in Los Angeles. Well, GTA um, San Andreas is portrayed as being 
the whole county, um, okay. similar to Los Angeles County. And so I, I think that San Andreas, I'm not entirely sure, but I think it was more, they never really, you know, said that this is what it represents. I got the feeling it was supposed to be more of kind of South LA and San Diego, whereas um, the GTA 5 is kind of just a whole Los, Los Angeles area in one package. Um, and I think that's because GTA V was the most ambitious project they'd done. I mean, they spent $700 million making this game. No game had ever done that before. It broke massive amounts of records. It made a billion dollars within, what, the first two months, I think, or something like that. It beat out Call of Duty. It beat out Battlefield and everything else that year. Um, and they put huge amounts of time into getting music licenses and, and getting all these minute little details in the game. So, so it sounds like they were pretty thorough. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you you have one of my most favorite parts of the game is you have a I don't know it's really an involved side mission that's basically a uh, Church of Scientology spoof <laughs> where you joining these um, these crazy people and they keep sending you on all these crazy missions and in the end you have the ability to to either run off with the millions of dollars they have stolen from the people they've got to join their church, or you can just hand it over to the head guy as he leaves Los Santos. And they, they their reward for doing that is to give you a tractor, like a 1930s tractor. Just sitting <laughs> and so you go through this whole... And, and the whole time, I mean, it's at, as it progresses, and it's one of Michael's side quests. Michael is the guy who's the retired bank robber, the first character that you encounter in the game. And... Um, the whole time through the side quest, they have this thing where they say Kiflon, Kiflon, this, this cult does. By the end of the quest, that's all he's saying because he finds it to be so ridiculous. Just every word out of his mouth for like the last five minutes of the quest, he just, Kiflon, Kiflon, Kiflon. You know, and the hilarity of watching him go through and realize that this is all BS and what's going on is, is you know, it's, it's a great piece of satire. I really love it. I love all their poking fun of Fox News and MSNBC is great. It's just, it's one of my favorite games. I mean, they they did a great job with it, you know. Wow. So, sounds like I'm gonna have to get a modern day console or rent one just to play this thing, just to see what's all in it. Yeah, if you can rent one, actually, it's not a bad idea to maybe pick a, a three-day weekend and rent a console from Hastings or something and and get a copy because it's it's great. It's a lot of fun. How much do consoles rent for nowadays? Because I, I have not done that before. I don't know. The last time I rented a console was when I rented an original Xbox, if that tells you how long it's been. <laughs> because I wanted to see if the console was a good console, I was going to get one, if not. So, that was a long time ago. I'll probably have to check it out sometime, just just to see. Because that does sound like a very, very fun game. Um, Were there any bugs in it? Was it pretty stable playing it, or...? On the PS3 copy that I have, I have encountered no bugs to date, and I've probably put a, around 70 or 80 hours into the game. I beat it through. I've gotten 80% completion there. About. I haven't really encountered no wall hangs, no um, random deaths for no reason. Uh, 
I did encounter a couple of laggy spots, I think, uh, early, early on after I, because I had bought it launch day, which is something I rarely do with games, but I had bought it launch day. I think after the first couple of patches, a lot of that stuff was fixed. So, but I can't speak to the new, uh, to the ports to the PS4, Xbox, and and, uh, PC. I don't know if that's working out yet. Because they have, they have made some. They there were some things that were not accounted for with um, the Steam port for San Andreas, where yeah. because of music license conflicts, they had to remove that music. Yeah. Which rendered game saves kind of useless, according to our technical no IGN. Yeah. I believe covered that. I'm trying to look at the other monitor at the same time as this monitor, so. But um, sounds like their their programming is very very excellent on this. I saw some details. I was impressed. And yeah. I'll admit the, the latest console that I've touched was prop is the Wii and the PlayStation Three. So I'm kind of behind in terms of video gaming. It's it's been been a while since I've had a current generation console, so. I should be getting I'm, my uh, PS4 probably next month, so that'll be the newest console I've had. I wanted a PS3 for the longest time, but the last console I've had before that was a PS2, one of the original PS2s. So. Ooh. The one that one that can hold a hard drive. Yeah, the new PS4. You can actually swap out the hard drive in the PS4. And yeah. If you feel like you can put in a solid state, um, you can put in whatever. Apparently, the process is really easy. Um, on, if you look at the front of the PS4, off the left side, I think it's above where the CD drive is supposed to be. It's got a little uh, flap that you just pop it off or something. I can't remember exactly, but right there is where the hard drive is at. You can slide it out and slide in something new. And there's a little bit of a process you have to do to format it and install something specific on the hard drive. But other than that, it's real easy. So, yeah. I mean, if you wanted something speedy and quick, you could put it in a solid-state drive. Or if you want to go crazy, a 4-terabyte hard drive. Yeah. I think it's a standard 3.5-inch hard drive. Don't quote me on that. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm not sure either, but I think it's it's probably close to that. So... Upgrade so the upgrade possibilities are kind of pretty good. Yeah, hmm. which is pretty nice. So, correction on the size of the hard drive: it's only a two point five inch hard drive. Ah, good information to have. So, <laughs> so you can increase your capacity. For storage and things like that. Yeah. Um. So all the more reason for me to find a way to get a hold of a modern console, so I can see what this game is all about. But at least, at least it was stable. They 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 spent a lot of money on this and a lot of time, and. Unlike other companies that have um, kind of been slacking off on their code quality, from from what Curtis has been pointing out. Ubisoft, Ubisoft. <laughs> <laughs> what I didn't say. 
so 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 apparently apparently um, Assassin's Creed Unity there's some face glitches among other problematic things I like the one of the characters that randomly jump in and start breakdancing in the middle of the street for no apparent reason. That's that's one of my favorites. <laughs> I, mean, they do, I mean, they just start, like, breakdancing. I mean, they're not really breakdancing, they're running, but the running animation just won't turn off and they get stuck on a hay bale or something. And so it looks like they're just breakdancing right there on the hay bale, uh, which is pretty great. There's been a few... Um, jump to grab a pole and your character grabs the pole but he's like 14 feet under the pole so he's just hanging there in midair doing this uh yeah <laughs> and i don't I'm, i i do have to disclaimer i'm not an assassin's creed player i played the first one i hated it the control scheme is really weird it's not you know it's not for me to judge what someone else likes but i didn't like it and it just wasn't my my bread and butter so i'm not a fan Per se of the games, but I'm not a fan of the controls either. I like the game and the story and everything, but the controls yeah. suck, especially on the PC. I, yeah. If I like hook up my 360 controller, it might be different, but yeah. using a keyboard is just so stupid and confusing. Well, there, was, there was the issue, you know, from Assassin's Creed 3, which is the one I wanted to play because I'm a big American history buff and I wanted to see if they got things right or wrong. You could not shoot without having a target to shoot. So you'd run around with your musket and you'd just point at a tree and pull, you, nothing would happen. You actually had to have a human standing in front of you to shoot. And that part really kind of aggravated me because it made the aiming system very wonky. Something to tie it in that Grand Theft Auto does actually very well, by the way. GTA V's aiming and gunplay was fantastic. Their gun choices were really blah, but their aiming system was great. For a third-person shooter, it's one of the best that I've ever gotten to use. When I played uh, San Andreas, I had a third-party controller that I used. Uh-huh. Uh, I played on a really crappy laptop that I had at the time. I mean, I could change the controls around and stuff like that. I can't remember exactly what it was that I could do, but it would put like a little yellow target, like three or four uh, triangles pointing towards the target, and it would basically aim for you. Right. It was really handy when I was doing something. Like uh, you used to be able to take over territories in the game, and some territories that had a lot more people than others, so they would crowd around you, and you could basically be screwed if you weren't careful. So I right. like that that targeting system that they had. Is right. there anything like that implemented, or is it? Actually, I don't know if there's a targeting system like that for GTA V, but shooting feels so much more smooth than it did in the past games that you really don't need it. It works very well. I, I get a lot of headshots. I get I get more headshots than I get in most first-person shooters. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it feels like a... And like I was saying, the system that they've built in place to do gunplay is great. The gun choices they made were very blah, very bland, and it's one of my minor complaints with the game. You know, we've, we've showered it with so much sunshine. It's not perfect. Nothing will ever be perfect. And so it's one of my minor complaints is that they really kind of dropped the ball there, in my opinion. There's so much to work with in modern weaponry, and you have a game that really wants you to take advantage of all different kinds of weaponry, and they really you know, did very little with that. 
Um, you got new guns as, as patches came around for free, but they were variable. Sometimes they were just a, a, a variation on a theme rather than something new or more um, more usable. And mo- and staples from the older games were missing, too. It's like, where's my flamethrower from 3 and Tyson? <laughs> you know? Can you get a jetpack or anything crazy in this one? I always love to get a jetpack in the hand so sanitizer. So <laughs> There was a rumor going around for a long time about Five about the secret hidden jetpack, and it sent thousands of people out searching for it. It didn't exist. Uh-huh. All the videos people had done of them using the secret jetpack was all done photo play, uh, faked videos and things. None of it was real. There are, however, some really great hidden things in the game um, that... For example, the the random UFOs that begin showing up at certain locations at the end of the game when you've beaten it and get completion, you can go and look at different types. Um, some people think that there's something to that. Maybe there's going to be some kind of patch eventually that'll let us do something with them. Maybe we'll get to fly them. I don't know. But for now, they're just objects you can kind of go hunting for and find. Um, are there cheats enabled for the game? Because I used to. The only reason I even cheated in San Andreas was to do all the crazy, stupid stuff that I love to do, like getting the jetpack and flying around and then shooting right. people. With it. <laughs> well, you still have the same old cheats that you've always had with up, down, up, down, left, right to get guns or to get health or ammo. Um, there's no actual cheat menu, but you still you can go up and look, and there's. Um, Infinite ammo and invincibility for five minutes, um, which is weird that there's no permanent invincibility. It only la- a, f- a timer actually, I think, appears and tells you how long you've got invincibility for. Um, some very strange choices, but so um, wow. I I guess they didn't want it. I guess for the really hard parts if you want to see the whole storyline through, but still want to challenge yourself, I guess. So what what's the most interesting Easter egg out of this thing? Well, um, there are so many. <laughs> for example, one being the uh, Scientology just made me laugh so hard when I found the quest and they were calling me and having me wear all these robes and uh, you know, and all this funky stuff, and people were talking to your character, and he was like, this is just such BS, you know. Um, but there are um, other things like, uh, trying to think of some of the other stuff that were, there's the UFOs, of course, there's the whale skeleton sea monster, <laughs> which you can find out in the middle of the ocean somewhere. Um, there is a, there's a, a uh, compound of survivalists and there are all these old men that are all like naked and they only wear underwear up in the mountains somewhere and you can get people, you can get girls or guys or whatever to get in your car and you can take them up there and basically um, give them to them and they will pay you for people and I don't know what they do with them but they lock them up in the basement or something. What? Yeah. there is, if you can get 100% completion in the game, so you can get every achievement, every gold stars and everything, every mission done, every objective done, 
Um, you can do a small secret mission that's the hunt for Bigfoot, where you get a, a rifle and you go in the mountains with a guy and hunt for Bigfoot, <laughs> you know, which is pretty funny. Um, I'm totally going to do that. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, but really a lot of the, the hilarity of the game just comes from the clever characters that they create, the clever... Um, things that actually come out of real life. There's a, out in California in the desert, there's a rock, or it, it's kind of like a big, some rocks and concrete or something. It's got a lot of like UFO stuff painted all over it. It's, it's a real thing that people go out there and tell their UFO stories, I guess. They put a fictitious representation of that in the game. There's a guy who wants you to collect UFO parts for him. So there's, you know, 30 parts strewn across the field that you can go collect things for. Um, so it's it's pretty funny. I mean, there's there's a lot of good stuff in there. Um, so so d- does Bigfoot actually exist in this game? Yeah, oh yeah, he's in there. You can hunt him down, and, and you actually have two opportunities to see him because there is a um, mission where you're kind of um, uh, doing like. You're, you're making cover with a high-powered sniper rifle for one of the other three characters. There are three main characters in the game, and you can switch between the three of them, and they all interact with each other in the story. So you're doing cover for him in this mission, and you have, uh, like, night vision on. You can actually see a Bigfoot walk through at one point, and then at the <laughs> end of the game, there's the little kind of Easter egg mission. Hey, you, you, you beat everything else, so, you know, let's go hunt him down and bag yourself a Bigfoot. Well, that, that I definitely would like to play that for a round or two myself. That that sounds like something that would be my kind of thing, especially the uh, the the spoof church that you told us about. Well, there's I mean, there's a lot of stuff like that. For example, um, it took a while, but somebody finally figured out that one of the mansions in Vinewood Hills, which is basically their Hollywood or their Beverly Hills. Um, excuse me, uh, is a, is an actual complete remake of the Playboy Mansion brick by brick in photographic <laughs> form. You know, and so it's hard to notice things like that in the game. I've never been to the Playboy Mansion, so I don't have that that uh, luxury. But apparently, some somebody had, and they were like, "Hey, this is this is the mansion. This is kind of cool." Um, and there's a few things like. Uh, the face of one of the developers is is etched into one of the mountains somewhere that you can stumble across. Um, you know, there's there's some. Uh, let's see here. There's some. Um, you can locate the the victims, I guess, of, of a murderer or something by following some written clues that are written on random walls all throughout the game, um, which is kind of interesting. So you can kind of track down a little serial killer type guy. So. One of the. Um, go ahead. Are, are there any are there any other crazy things like crazy talk show hosts or anything like that? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, in fact, to to bring up the discussion, uh, Lindsay Lohan, I believe it was, attempted to sue Rockstar because there's a character um, in a red swimsuit that's on the cover that's a, a super a superstar actress who's doing coke and getting into all this trouble and they claimed she was trying to claim, you know, it's, they're ripping off my life and, you know, Rockstar had said, no, it's satire, so you can't touch me for that First Amendment. 
And I think Rockstar won hands down on that. Um, the same thing actually happened with Manuel Noriega, the drug cartel uh, leader, famous drug cartel leader who was in Call of Duty Black Ops 2. And he tried to sue Activision saying, you can't use my personality in Call of Duty. And they're like, it's historical fiction. We can do whatever we want. Um, but you do, you have, you have um, just like in all the other games, you have the two talk show channels. There's um, Blaine County Radio, which is a much more conservative satire channel. You've got a, this one guy runs a show called Beyond Insemination that's all about farm life and taking cattle and inseminating cattle and and uh, for example he, he has a caller that calls in and is talking about uh, having these unnatural feelings for for heifers and, and all this stuff and, and he's he said the host of the show he's like I don't understand why all you people keep calling all you sickos this show is about manly things like inseminating animals and wrestling and jumping on trampolines and shooting guns you know um, <laughs> There's a lady who runs a cooking show named Bobby June. She's I don't know exactly who she's supposed to be a satire of, maybe many different people, but she's got, you know, anti-vaccine stuff that she's always talking about. Uh, a caller, for example, calls into that show and says something about, I don't trust the vaccines. They made my kids cripple. And you can hear his wife in the background on the phone, and she says, they're crippled because you drink and drive, Randy. And he's like, shut up, woman. It's the vaccines. I know it. <laughs> you know, uh, you've got uh, then you go into Los Santos in the city and you get like the ultra liberal um, kind of making fun of like uh, radio DJs Laszlo type stuff um, you've got uh, there's a, a spiritual guru guy there's a, a guy named Fernando who apparently was a big sexist but became a non-sexist or something so you've got all these different little in life of satires and, and they make some hilarious discussions. They even actually have their own version satires of political candidates. People like Nancy Pelosi or um, uh, Senator uh, uh, Cornyn from Texas who said some crazy things in the past on the Republican side. They've got uh, a guy who's basically a big ripoff of Arnold Schwarzenegger for governor. You know, <laughs> Uh, lots of great stuff like that that they've satired in the game. <laughs> so, so this thing makes fun of everybody. Pretty much everyone. Yeah, it, they, they they pulled no punches when it came to anything. They they would tar they would go after animal rights people as well as oil barons as well as as Republicans, Democrats, third party candidates, you know, artists, engineers, whatever. Um, and, and and that's why I love the game so much because you don't. It's not like when I played Call of Duty Black Ops and I get to the level where you get to the super carrier and it's called the USS Barack Obama. And this was in 2012, right after he won the presidency. And I'm like, really, guys, really? You know, you, I don't feel like I'm having someone's political agenda shoved down my face. I feel like I'm getting a satirical view of our actual life and of things people have actually said that are crazy on all sides of an issue, which I like. <laughs> and the wife interjecting on that one call that's hilarious yeah. they're crippled because you drink and drive and he's you know shut up woman <laughs> that sounds like a lot of the things that I used to hear when you go through like the country parts of uh, San, uh, San Andreas yeah. and stuff, and some of them would just say some of the craziest things yeah. I can't even remember what all they would say but one, uh, there was one guy or like one guy that you'd meet and 
various places is gen- a generic character that would say something about wanting to screw a pig. Uh, I, think, I mean, there's just all kinds of stuff like that in San Andreas. And, well, we should. I, while we're on that subject, we ought to take just a couple of minutes and talk about the characters because the th- the three main characters really are, in my opinion, what makes the game work. And I don't know who at Rockstar came up with this idea of instead of having one main character, let's have three guys that together are a main character, and you're having you switch back and forth and having their own little storylines, their own reasons for why they're doing things. I mean, you've got Michael, who is the main character. He's a middle-aged white man, upper-class um, type guy. He used to be a bank robber, and he ends up flipping on his partners, and the FBI you know, sets him up with a home in, in Los Angeles, my home, because he turned evidence on a big bank robbery. You have Franklin, who is this wannabe street hustler, young African-American kid, uh, but he's really intelligent, That's and that's part of what he always, you know, he's always like, man, everybody else in these neighborhoods that we're, that he's living in, which is very representative of the ghetto part of Los Angeles, they're all <laughs> stupid, and he just wants to make the money so he can get out of there. Um, he also uses more expletives than a little Wayne song, <laughs> which really makes the character very wacky. Um, I think there's a, mon- there's a uh, montage of that certain word we're all thinking about but no one's going to use uh, Franklin's character saying it over and over and over and over again in all these different situations but uh, beyond that you, the third character is Trevor and Trevor is a Canadian and he is he's just absolutely insane he's a mass murdering insane lunatic and I, somebody I think it was IGN or maybe PC Gamer described him as uh, a character that represents the way the average gamer plays Grand Theft Auto in general. <laughs> just murdering everything. You know, just I did do that a couple of times when I was playing GTA. Like, yeah. I don't think you can play Grand Theft Auto without going on a killing spree at one point. I have to tell you a funny uh, story. You know, My dad came home. I was in high school. I was playing Grand Theft Auto Vice City, and he, he came back there and saw me roasting people with a flamethrower, and he's like, this is sick. <laughs> You know, this is just thick. And he walked off. Well, I came home two or three days later, and my dad's sitting back there playing it, roasting people to plant their. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Dad, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. But there's there's a lot of fun to, <laughs> to just going on. Oh, my. Oh, crap. We've lost Curtis. Oh, man. Oh, shit. Um, I'm going to mess. I'm going to message him and see what's going on here real quick. Okay. Checking in now. So something happened. Either... Either his ISP went down or his computer started acting up. So I was gonna say it's really hard to tell unless he Oh, there he is. There he is. Did you find oh, me? Yeah. <laughs> Looks like you came back. What was it an ISP issue or uh it's crappy school internet. <laughs> oh. oh. Let, let, let me guess. Um, you're limited to a certain amount of speed, and if too many are on at once, boom. Probably. Sorry about that. How far did I get into that? 
Um, you you got to the point where you were laughing about uh, okay. your dad uh, yeah, blasting yeah. people. Yeah, and, that, and that that, but yeah, but I mean, but you know, like I was saying, but back to the the whole story part of it. Um, having those three characters interacting in, in three different ways causes a lot of hilarity because early in the game, Michael takes Franklin on and is like, you know, you got to be a smart criminal, not a dumb criminal. Trevor shows up because he thinks Michael's dead, and you get a lot of a fun story. And I won't spoil that for you, but there's a lot of backstory there um, between those two because they they're, they've been best friends for a long time. Trevor himself has a lot of interesting characteristics. For one, he's a meth head, so you can see the track marks all up and down his arms. He's quite in love with his methamphetamines. <laughs> um, he is. Uh, he has a friend who's uh, uh, like a conspiracy theorist type guy, and he's always talking. In fact, his friend actually has a radio program on Blaine County Radio, public access, that where he talks about the reptilians invading your mind and the ten, tinfoil hats. It's just all satire, you know. Um, some fun stuff, and it's it's just great. All the all the different characters. They did such a good job coming up with voice actors, coming up with personalities for them. Uh, from Italian gangsters that you meet in the beginning to uh, corrupt FBI chiefs that you meet in the end. It's just really well done. And I was, I remember playing through the first time, I didn't want to put it down. And that's something actually for me that was rare because in the previous GTA games, that's all that I usually did with steel cars. And I didn't really care too much about a story that they were trying to tell. This time I really cared about it. And I found it to be very interesting. Oh, that's um, that, that's actually pretty cool. I, a lot of people um, want to blow stuff up or get all these points. I like looking at the story, right? And it was just like you know, Final Fantasy VII. I actually got into the story of it, and so I I would look up the endings and everything else because I wanted to know the whole story. So um, definitely need to get a hold of a new console sometime just to see what this thing's about because holy hell, that, that sounds like a perfect opportunity. Just get kind of get back into gaming because I, I, I have an arcade machine but and that has nostalgia value to it. But Well, you know, Tommy, if, if all else... Don't be afraid to go, I'm going to get a PlayStation 3, you know, like I'm going to get an old one maybe from a store or something, and get it for PS3. I understand, you know, the graphics may be prettier and not a next-gen, but you can still enjoy... The game is beautiful as it is. I mean, I am probably going to wait for the PC version of the new of the updated release simply because I'm not convinced about buying a new system yet. I'm still sticking on my PS3. And right. I have a PC capable of playing it, so I'll probably wait till February for that edition of it. You know, there's nothing wrong with playing it on the last-gen systems, Xbox or PS3, whatever, because it's, it's still just as beautiful there and still just as much fun. Um, you know, you won't have the first-person type stuff, but, you know, it, it comes down to, like, if you if you can't afford to do, like, a new system... I would tell viewers, I would tell anybody watching this, the old system version is definitely worth your time and money. It's not a downgrade, in my opinion. Hmm. Definitely worth looking into, then. 
So I take it it's all unanimous. Everybody's wanting to see what this – everybody – well, everybody else is going to want to see what this thing is like. Yeah. Um, and all of that. So any new games anybody else is looking at getting a hold of? I'm waiting till uh, I think it's either December or January for uh, the next installment of the Kingdom Hearts series. So that's that's one reason why I got a PS4. Yeah, it's yeah, the, uh, for the next gen consoles. So right, yeah, I never did much JRPGs, um, and when I did, it was mostly in high school. I haven't played any in years, um, so I don't know much about the Kingdom Hearts series. I'll tell you, when it comes to gaming, I've been actually going back on Steam. And playing, uh, I noticed there have been a lot of remakes of classics that I remember playing when I was eight or nine, ten years old on the computer. Um, if you remember an old uh, Wolfenstein clone called Rise of the Triad, uh, I think you about that last time. Yeah, it's it's on there. Well, uh, last cool. week, last week I picked up the uh, digital or uh, the digital revolver, I think, and Flying Wild Hog Studios did a remake of Shadow Warrior, which was a Duke Nukem like game. And it was incredible. This uh, this remake is totally, it's all brand new graphics. It's all brand new, like a modern game. But it's got that old throwback to how shooters used to be where you're running around with 12 different guns on your number keys, 1 through 9. you know, And you've got all these fun things you can do with your katana and everything like that. It's got it's a wall. Mouse. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> it's made for an MMO game. But this mouse will actually work with, like, uh, I was playing... Uh, I think it was the original Bioshock. It'll work with that. It'll work yeah. with Crisis. You can have like three or four different weapons in Crisis. I can't remember. Right. But uh, like it works with almost any game. It's not just for MMO gaming. It's, I don't. The last time I played an MMO was over two years ago. Right. I'm not a big fan of MMOs. Um, but yeah, a lot of those old games that, that are starting to come back are. It's really amazing. Or. Uh, like with what Bethesda did, I don't know if I mentioned this the last time we talked about it, but Bethesda put in a little uh, like Easter egg when you're yeah. able to go to sleep. I think yeah. I might have in New Order. Yeah. yeah, you can like in the old old uh, Return to Castle Wolfenstein, <laughs> the old graphics and everything. Yeah, and people actually people have been talking that they're saying, you know, I hope they do something similar with Doom. Um, and this is what I was saying about the remake of Shadow Warrior. I really hope that Flying Wild Hog, now that they do actually own Duke Nukem as an IP, will do a, an actual Duke Nukem forever, not that pile of steam we got a couple of years ago. And I hope they'll do it as well as they did Shadow Warrior, because I'd love to see that get a, re, a revamp. Um, there are other games, too. You know, Blake Stone was a great alien-themed Wolfenstein clone shooter um, and things of that nature, so... All that. Um, believe it or not, I'm actually seriously thinking about getting back into the Pokemon franchise. As weird as that sounds. Um, if you enjoy it, you enjoy it. Play it. Own it. Be it. I actually had an official Mew too, is it? And um, and I actually had to give them up when I was selling everything off. I even brought the little certificate of authenticity to, like, Rock and Spirits, and it's like, this is the legitimate new. That's why I didn't erase the game save, because it was on a Pokemon Gold cartridge that I traded it to. And 
than everything else. Did you get that up at Independent Center when they were doing, you had to take your game console up there and you, yeah, I had one of those as a kid too. I have no idea what happened to it. Um, who knows? It's just, and, and of course years later you find out that glitch that you could have had them anyway. And you're like, Oh wow. Way to go guys. Thanks. Game Game Freak royally screwed up in the background, but they were able to hide the glitches well enough right. that that you had to specifically go look for them in order to initiate them. So, right. although the the one in some of the newer series is sounds like it's kind of a pain with game saves. If you save in a certain area, your game goes your game goes to pieces basically. Yeah, I remember that. I bought uh, Pokemon X shortly after it came out, and for X and Y both, it's where uh, I can't remember the city's name. It's the main city. It's got like this big circle thing that you can go around. It's got all kinds of shops and stuff. But uh, if you saved while you were in that inner uh, outer ring of the city, it was supposed to break your game, like <laughs> break your entire save. I fortunately never had that problem, but when I found out, I made sure I did not save in there. I'd go outside in a route or something and save that way. But, right. And have they fixed? Have they fixed that, or they were supposed to have released a patch? I think it was in the 1.1 patch. I don't know. I've got the 1.2 patch. I haven't powered this thing on in months. But uh, yeah, they were supposed to fix it in the 1.1 patch, if I'm not mistaken. But like I said, I've never had the problem. You were going to say, Curtis? I was going to say, while we were on the subject of talking about games, and we've talked about GTA here a little bit, um, there is a game that started off as kind of a clone of Grand Theft Auto called Saints Row. Do you guys have heard of it? I played Saints Row 2. It was, it was really, really, really good. Um, Saints Row 4 I recently played on, on the advice of Stephen Kelly. I've and, got um, a Steam account. I haven't played it yet. <laughs> at some point, uh, Deep Silver and Volition decided that instead of copying uh, GTA, we're just going to do our own thing. And so Saints Row 4, the premise is, is that the Saints, the leader of the Saints, your character becomes the president of the United States, and there's an alien invasion, and you get put in the Matrix. And the game just flies off on a tangent of hilarity. Uh, seriously, look up the... I think it's the release trailer. I'll see if I can find the right one. One of the best game trailers I think I've seen in a long time. It's a great game. It plays very similar to Grand Theft Auto, um, but it's just ridiculous and how much fun. I think I've put 40 or 50 hours into that game alone, and I'm nowhere near to completion um, so I wanted to mention that before I forgot. And there's a there's a Saints Row wiki on wikia.com. Holy hell, it's just wow. Very comprehensive looking. Yeah. <laughs> Here's uh Tommy, I'm gonna send you a link here that actually has the, the specific trailer I was talking about, and you can watch it you know, at, at some other point. You don't do it right now, obviously. But definitely check it out, because it's, it, it really showcases just how hilarious and, and funny 
and ridiculous the game is set up to be on purpose. Yeah, there were a lot of people who, why does the character's machine gun look like a super soaker? Because he wanted it to. <laughs> the old super soakers we had as kids, the skin that you can unlock. Um, there's great, a lot of fun stuff, a lot of achievements that really delve into sci-fi type names. Uh, you know, I think there's one called um, Han Shot First, and I think if you unlock that one, you unlock skins for the pistols that make them look like Han Solo's blasters from Star Wars. Uh, there's a... Um, there's a baseball bat called the Violator that is basically like a 15-inch long dildo attached to a baseball bat. And as your character runs around the level, the, the, the dildo just right behind him just flops around in the wind. And you hit people with it and get great points for that. I, I was going to ask if there were dildos involved. Yes, yeah, there, there actually is. It's a weapon. You can use it to... There's a, there's a dubstep cannon that the longer you hold down the trigger, the enemies even will start dancing to a dubstep song. Cars will start exploding. I mean, it's just, they went just total creative, put the foot on the creative gas pedal and go with it. I love the way it worked out. There's a lot of witty humor, uh, you know, all kinds of great stuff. It's a great game. Definitely recommend it to any gamers watching this. Oh my God. And it's available on PC and PS3 and I think Xbox 360. And the Game of the Century edition is coming out, or it has come out, is available for Xbox One and PS4. So, Oh, my. Um, <laughs> wow. So all kinds of interesting things coming up on the horizon in terms of video games. Um, with, with Ubisoft and other companies... Um, with the glitches in their games, um, you mentioned there being a for day one embargo against reviews on a game. Yeah, so for Assassin's, for Assassin's Creed Unity, there was a 12-hour embargo on any professional reviews. So any websites like Kotaku or Joystick or PC Mag that wanted to publish a review had to wait till 12 hours had passed from midnight. And... Um, after all the, the, as far as I understand the problem, and it, somebody can correct me if I've, if I've misunderstood it, the problem came from something that was hidden in Assassin's Creed Unity that no one knew about, which was over $100 worth of microtransactions that would basically allow you to pump your hard-earned real-life cash, 100 bucks. you've already paid 70 bucks for the game, now you're putting another 100 bucks into it, to unlock everything that you could unlock if you beat the game 100% and get all the achievements and all the secrets. You can just pay for that up front and start owning people on multiplayer. And so that was not something that was advertised, and when players found that out, it really sent a strong message of resentment over that. Pay-to-play is a very hot topic in games, or pay-to-win, as it's often referred to. And ah. a lot of PC Mag, I know, and I think a couple others actually came out and said, from now on, if you're a company sending us a demo, note that we are not accepting demos that have day one embargoes on them. We will re release our reviews at midnight when the game releases. Um, and, you know, it, it was a big deal because... Aside from the, the, the microtransactions, there were game-breaking bugs that shouldn't have been in uh, Assassin's Creed Unity that were there. And it took, I think, several hours to a couple of days to get them all figured out and fixed. But it's very rare 
to have a console game that doesn't work the first day you get it. It happens on PC. It happened on Wolfenstein in the New Order. It took me a week to get it to finally work because I had to wait for NVIDIA to update their drivers. I'm used to that as a PC gamer, but on consoles, that's almost unheard of to have that kind of an issue happen. That's incredible. So do you think that there's a kind of a pushback against game publishing companies now from from well, related media in regards to what they can say and how I they can say it? I think – here's what I think the overall problem is this. A couple of years ago – and we'll use Ubisoft as the example – a couple of years ago, the company came out and said they were no longer approving any new game ideas unless the game could be turned into a franchise. And it was kind of, to people like myself who have been gaming for 20-plus years, we kind of sit down and we look at it and we go, this is the state of gaming now. If I can't have a game that releases every year, just like Call of Duty does or Battlefield does, then the company doesn't want to invest the time in it. Ubisoft already had a problem with how horribly handled Watch Dogs was. You can go back to how horribly handled uh, Aliens Colonial Marines was from Gearbox, where they were given millions of dollars, I believe, to make that game, and they actually pumped that money into Borderlands 2, which was their flagship game, and... Colonial Marines ended up being like what one of the worst games of all time. It has a Steam rating of, I think, like 28 out of 100. Uh, let me look that up here. Um, so I think that there's been kind of this enough is enough mentality for people. Uh, especially, yeah, the, uh, Aliens has a 45 out of 100, which is one of the lowest review scores on Steam. Wow. Um, and there are reasons for that. But anyway, there's been a pushback, I think, where game companies that actually review these games are like, you know what, at the least we're going to do is give everyone the information the day one to decide if they're going to buy it. Because I've noticed a lot of people will get on forums and they'll say, you know, look, I can only afford to buy two games between October and December. And if they want to play Far Cry 4, Assassin's Creed, Call of Duty, Advanced Warfare, Kingdom Hearts they want to know that their two games are going to be the ones that will work and they're going to be worth their money. And, um, you know, if they can't guarantee that, I think they don't want to purchase it. And I think reviewers feel like they have a responsibility to tell the truth about a game and give it an honest review, or some of them at least do. And that's what they that's what I think PC Mag has said by saying, look, we're not accepting embargoes anymore. If you if you want us to review your game, it, it it's embargo free. And if you are not willing to compromise on that, then we just won't review your game. And I think that's a big thing. You know, millions of people read that uh, magazine and website and there are others and people read and others are doing the same thing. That sends a strong message of getting your product out there, free advertisement. I think companies might take more consideration next year when the big fall game time comes up. Right. So um, with that in mind, I think I think now would be a good time to wrap this episode cool. up. Um, any topics you guys want to discuss in the future? Kind of use this as a segue. Well, I've been following the um, recent advances in uh, 
manned or unmanned space missions. So we've had Rosetta here recently, and we've had uh, a couple of interesting things come out of the Cassini-Huygens mission at Saturn. So we could do any topics like that in the future if you guys are interested. I was actually extremely interested in the uh, Rosetta mission. Uh, I was been, I've been reading up on it and recently found out that it's basically dormant now. Yeah, yeah. It's a little sad, but... <laughs> Well, it did. I, I believe it accomplished its its scientific goal, but it didn't live long. <laughs> no, it was only. I think it only transmitted data from like a day or two days. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I definitely think a scientific exploration would be good for next time. Okay. So, I take it you guys are available next week. I should be available next week. Yeah. I am not. Okay. I'm going to be going home to my parents and other respective family for Thanksgiving. Oh. So. Oh yeah. So maybe the week after that then. And hopefully final models won't be won't be rough on everybody. I'm glad I don't have to deal with that anymore. I know. I, th I think one of my instructors said one of the finals was pretty much going to be he's going to give us the answers, <laughs> and we just put it out there. So. Uh, the other, one of my other classes is a project that I'm working on with another guy, and that's basically my final. Um, uh, oh, other wow. than, I would have two finals that would be what I have to really focus on. So, for me, I don't think it's going to be too rough. Yeah, I, I only have two, maybe one. So. Okay, that's great. In that case, um, a couple weeks we'll. See you guys again, and for everybody who's going to listen to this podcast, thank you so much. Entertain yourself, educate yourself, and empower yourself. I'm Thomas. I'm Shaggy. I'm Curtis. You guys have a good one. We'll see you next time. You too.